Welcome to the Spirit of West Texas podcast, where we are having real conversations with people who live and work in West Texas. Our guests this season will talk about their big dreams. They'll share about their challenges and successes that they've had along their journey. Listen in and we hope you'll learn something and maybe even have some fun with us along the way. Good morning, Amy. Good morning, Jared. Here we are again. Here we are again. Season this three. season is just maybe my favorite. It's, it's been it's, so good. It's really, it's been a lot of fun. Yes. We've got some incredible guests. Speaking of incredible guests, I love the stories where you have student athletes coming in. And, Me too. And they're just motivational and they're working their tails off to make their dreams happen, you know. This is going to be one of those stories. Yeah, it is totally. And I love it that this person, I mean, you're one of the tallest people I know, and yet she could totally... <laughs> dunk on Easily. you, oh, Jared. <laughs> but most people can. I mean, to be fair, most people can. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm so excited to welcome Bailey Maupin to the podcast studio today. Bailey enjoyed a very successful career at Groover High School, leading the Greyhounds to four district championships and a pair of Texas 2A state championships in 2020 and 2022. She was actually named Miss Texas Basketball by Dave Campbell after leading the Greyhounds to a perfect 33-0 record. 33 and 0 perfect record. The first in Groover school history, and I would imagine probably not very likely in any school history, right? Her success on the high school court eventually led her to Texas Tech in the fall of 2022, where she's repping the 806 on the court at the United Supermarkets Arena. Her leadership as a freshman on the court helped propel the Lady Raiders to a successful 20 and 15 season and a seat in the NIT tournament. Her work ethic and fiercely competitive spirit helped her become a leading scorer for the Lady Raiders, averaging points in the double digits most games. Not only is Bailey winning on the court, but she is succeeding off the court as well through her work with a nonprofit organization called I Am Second. Bailey is one of the kindest young women that I've had the honor to speak with, and she truly represents the spirit of West Texas, both on and off the basketball court. I mean, honestly, we could have filled the entire podcast time limit with her biographical information. Yeah, Yeah, what she's been able (laughs) to pull off, for sure. So I'm super excited about this, Jared. Let's get into it. All right, let's do it. Here we go. Welcome to the podcast studio, Bailey Moppin. Okay, so look, we're going to talk about your successful career on the court, but I have to ask you, I read somewhere that you collect shoes. Is that true? You do collect shoes. What kind of shoes? All kinds. All kinds, like high-heeled shoes? No. Okay, not that kind. Is that just short people like me? (laughs) (laughs) Tell us what kind. Um, I have Jordans, Nikes, Yeezys, um, New Balances, you know, you name pretty it. much anything I can get my hands on. So you said Yeezys. I have a 14 year old son and several weeks ago he spent money on his debit card. And I was like, Brady, what is thirty four ninety five or whatever to this random business or whatever? And he's like, mom, I got some Yeezys. And I was like, okay, like, for $34.95 and he's like yeah they're totally real everybody's getting them and I was like look I'm just telling you there's no way those are real and so we were giving him a hard time first of all he spent money that he didn't ask to spend number right, one right but I started calling them fuckies because they're clearly <laughs> fake and so we were just giving we were joking we were like when they come in they're gonna like be inflatable and pop and just all this stuff anyway so they came in it took probably two months because they had to come from overseas. Um, and I'm not going to lie. They're pretty good for Like they look pretty legit. 
Yeah. They're the slides. Oh yeah, I have, I have the slides too. Yeah, they I make him them. a little bit. Yeah, they make him taller too, which he loves right now. I wear them every day. Like that's my everyday going to the gym. That's what I wear. Well, I think when you work as hard as Bailey, you deserve to have it. Well, yeah, yeah. Some you've sort of. It. Yeah, you've earned some. So shoes. what is the normal price range? What sh- what should a pair uh, go for? Of Yeezys? I yeah. don't know. I don't buy like, them. Probably like three thirty, three fifty. Like and that. it depends on the color. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he got black, black fake Yeezys wow. for thirty four ninety five. I mean, real Yeezys for thirty four. <laughs> if you if he's paying that much for a fake pair, he's ordering from the wrong website. Okay, well, we'll talk about that. That's not what we're here to talk about. But we'll talk about that <laughs> after that. So we love here that you're a West Texas girl. So you're from Groover, Texas, just up the road. Tell us about your upbringing um, in Groover. Um, I ha- I live on a farm and ranch. It's been in my family for over a hundred years now. Um, my dad got it from his dad who got it from his dad. And, you know, it's just been in the family for a really long time. And I grew up doing all the things, you know, working cattle, planting, you know, doing everything that your typical farm kid does. And I think that's something that gave me pieces and bits of who I am today. And, you know, just the people that you find in a small town, they've lived there their whole lives. They come back. They have kids there. I mean, I've known the people that I've gone to kindergarten with. All We graduated together, so I don't know. It's hard to explain being from a small town to people who aren't, but it's something that is so special to me and it's made me who I am today. So did you begrudgingly help out on the farm or, I mean, I know it was expected or were you happy to do it? It was expected, but I was happy to do it. You learn to love it, especially when it's been in your family for so long. So I've seen video footage, Jared, of Bailey and her family. Bailey can ride a horse. Oh, I mean, wow. She, yes. I can't do that. Not yeah. been here my entire She's life. two to one on you in terms <laughs> That's of right. like coolness. <laughs> There's going to be way more coming up. So did you give your parents trouble on the farm or were you a pretty good kid? No, I, I mean, I tried to be the best kid I could be. You know, I'm sure my mom would disagree at times, but you know. I'm I was, not asking her. Yeah, we're not asking her. So <laughs> my opinion, I was a great kid. So what are some of your first memories of playing basketball? I would say I had this little like nerf ball and then the goal that you could like hang over the doorway and I would play with my brothers and I would just dunk on them all the time because they were still <laughs> smaller than me they're not smaller than me anymore so it doesn't really work but you know that and then just playing outside with my dad we had the uh, two basketball goals so we could play like actual games outside in the driveway and that was always a lot of fun until someone got mad those are probably my earliest memories. So um, how soon was it before you could start beating your dad, whipping up on your dad? How old I still you? can't beat him. Oh, are you kidding? Still can't beat him. Greatest basketball player of all time. I didn't know that Michael Jordan was your dad. <laughs> <laughs> Did he play collegiate basketball? No, he actually played football, but uh, he just bullies me. So oh, Okay. So when was it, I guess, when you were like, okay... I'm pretty good at this. Like you, I read something, an article about you and you said that, you know, this was your gift. Mm-hmm. When did you start to think, okay, I'm maybe, maybe this is my gift. Maybe it's more than just a hobby. I would say sometime around sixth grade, you know, bef- right before you start playing for your school, I was playing on a, a club AAU team and I, I just realized that like, I love it and I feel like I could make something of it and it was fun for me and it was fun to be able to be a part of a family, a team. And I just felt like it's something that I could do with my life to help others. So what did that look like when you went from, okay, I'm just playing, you know, league basketball to I'm going to start equipping my body and training to become a collegiate athlete and to be have success in high school and then go on to possibly play in college? 
in junior high, I just uh, played club. That was my way of like being able to play all year round and continue to develop my skills. And then once I got probably like eighth grade all the way through high school, I started doing a lot more conditioning, you know, strength training. And just I started to realize that if I wanted to make my dreams come true, I was going to need to put in the work to do it. And for me, that looked like, you know, getting up and going and shooting, staying after practice, working on my skills, doing individuals with my trainer, things like that. So your parents are both Red Raiders. Yes, so ma'am. I would imagine they are were thrilled beyond belief when you signed they were. with Coach Gerlich. So um, was Tech the obvious choice the whole um, time or did you entertain time. other offers, I guess? Not the whole time. I, I went on a lot of visits. I had plenty of places I could have gone, but, you know, before Coach Gerlich was here, I wasn't really looking at Tech at all. And that was sad because, you know, I've always wanted to go to Tech. I've wanted to go to Tech since I was born. Like, there's pictures of me in Tech outfits as a, as a baby. So, you know, just growing up, my parents going here, my grandparents going here, it's just, it felt like that's where I was supposed to go. And I loved it every single time I came. But, you know, it was hard when, when Coach Gerlich wasn't here because I wanted to come here, but it just wasn't the right fit for me. So I had to, you know, go out, go on other visits. But, you know, God works in mysterious ways and he brought Coach Gerlich here and I was able to come here and, you know, fulfill that part of my dream. So you have a special relationship with Coach Gerlich and I know it goes back to middle school, seventh grade, correct? Tell us about that. So in seventh grade, she actually offered me my very first uh, collegiate scholarship. She was at UTA. And uh, I don't know, I, I've known her for a really long time. I mean, she grew up in a town 15 minutes away from me. I know all the same people she knows, but the way the relationship that we have is something that you don't find everywhere. And I learned that through the recruiting process. And that's one of the biggest reasons why I felt so comfortable coming here is just because the relationship that I have with her and the way that I know she wants to make me a better person on and off the court. So you went from playing high school basketball to class 2A high school in the Panhandle to a national stage. Um, playing for a Division One university at Tech. So how did you mentally adjust to that transition? Honestly, it wasn't too bad for me because of how easy Coach Gurley made it and how easy all of the staff here at Tech made it. Um, it felt like I was leaving one home and just moving right into another. So I wouldn't say the transition was too hard. The, the hardest thing for me was probably the physicality of the game just because I hadn't been strength training like some of the girls who have been in college for five years. And that was difficult for me because in high school, I was the biggest, strongest, fastest kid. So that that's probably one of the hardest parts about changing from high school to college. I would imagine that was humbling for you. It definitely was. I needed it. Yeah. So how did you, what did you do to overcome that? I hit the weight room even harder. I, I conditioned harder. I, I did extra workouts, you know, things like that just to help get myself to where I thought I needed to be. So take us back to your first game at the USA. You're on the court with your teammates, running out of the tunnel onto the court. Um, what was going through your head? Um, I looked up at the, the Jumbotron and I could see that big Texas Tech sign. And I just thought, you know, I've been dreaming of this for I don't even know how many years. I look over and I can see my parents, my grandparents, my brothers, my sister. Well, both my brothers and my sister, my friends, my family's friends, everybody I knew that was there for me. And, you know, I just took a deep breath and I just thought, you know what, I'm doing this for me, but I'm also doing it for all of them too. And it was really special. We're going to have to take a minute. I'm getting like a choked up, <laughs> a, choke, a little bit choked up. So you suffered, I mean, you clearly had a great season, but you did suffer a setback back in January. I did. Um, tell us about that injury. 
That was difficult. You know, I hadn't really ever been injured before. I never had any major injuries in high school. Um, so when I, I'm not a, I'm not good at sitting out. I'm really bad at it, actually. I, I'm not good at the healing process. So I just want to be back out there. But, you know, Brenna and Reagan, our trainers, they were really on me about my rehab and my um, strengthening my leg back up. And, you know, I've, they told me that I was going to have to be out like six months. And I was like, no way, it's not happening. Six months? Golly. And you were back in how long on the court? Uh, a few weeks. A few weeks, because you did what you were supposed to do. I did. They said uh, it would have been six months if I would have kept going and it would have torn. You so. talked about this a little bit in an article I read, Bailey, what it was like to be off the court looking in, outside of the game looking in. Mm -hmm. That's a perspective that you really have not had before. Tell us about that. Right. So, like I said, I'd never had any major injuries before, set out before. But when I was, I just realized that, you know, being over there, sitting on the sideline, watching the game, watching how hard my teammates are working is something that I was missing in the game because I was playing with them. You know, I couldn't see everything that they were doing, all the little things that they were doing. And I think being on the sideline really made me appreciate our coaching staff even more and all of our GAs and our stat guys and our trainers and everyone. You know, everyone behind the scenes that makes everything happen. And in the end, I mean, looking back, I think it was really good for me. Even if I did have to sit out, I feel like it helped me grow as a player. I love that. Um, you quickly emerged as a young leader on the team going into postseason play. How did your experience in high school um, help kind of help you through that and help you help your team through that? I've gotten that question a lot, actually, and I never really thought about it before until I heard it for the first time. But, you know... A lot of people in high school don't play at state. I mean, there's only four teams in every division that play there. And uh, I would just say that's a big stage, you know, not as big as college athletics, but still it's it's big when you're in high school. It feels like everything. And I mean, just learning how to be able to stay composed, but stay aggressive at the same time is something that really helped me then and it even helped me now this year going into the postseason. So that's, I think, something that anybody listening here could benefit from. What did mentally, what did you do to to do just that, to stay composed, but to still remain aggressive, even when you are very stressed and feeling a lot of pressure? What did that mental preparation look like for you? For me, that just looked like talking to my family, you know, talking to my mom, my dad, my siblings, my grandparents. I made sure to stay very connected with them because I mean, honestly, my parents have the best advice in the world. They're always, they've always been there for me. They've always told me that, you know, no matter what happens, they're going to love me at the end of the day. And the whole town of River is going to love me, which goes back to being from a small town because every single game day, I got a text from, I can't even tell you how many people from River just telling me good luck, you know? And I don't know, there's, there's a really fine line between losing your composure and keeping it and still being aggressive. And I think that that's something that throughout each round of the W19, we, we found. So you clearly love being from a small town and you love being from a small town in West Texas. And now you're in a, a bigger town in West Texas. What is it that you love most about living just here in this region, aside from your family? Um, I would just say, you know, when, when I walk outside, everything looks familiar. Everything is how it was when I grew up. And you know, I feel like in bigger cities, everything is changing all the time. And I don't feel like that's the case here. And that's how I like it, because these are my people. This is my area. And that's I want it to be like this forever, you know, and then the family environment, not even just at Texas Tech with my basketball team, but overall in Lubbock in general, 
I mean, I, I go places all the time and people are like, Hey, are you a basketball player? I'm like, yeah, you know? And they're like, well, my daughter watched a game. We came to a game and I'm like, you know, this is why we do it for, for all the little girls and little boys that have dreams of playing professionally or in college or even doing something different that they want to pursue. You know, we're just as an athletic department at Texas Tech, we're just role models for younger kids and younger generations. So I have to tell a story about Bailey, Jared. So the bank is, is proud to help Bailey and to sponsor Bailey mm-hmm. um, as a student athlete. And so several months ago, we were shooting a video with her and we were at a gym in South Lubbock. So in she comes and we give her a first United bank pullover and she throws it on. And I mean, I don't know what I was expecting, but the little girls are so excited to see her. We got this video shot in 15 minutes. I mean, maybe 20 <laughs> minutes. I mean, she gets on that court, gets a ball. We did not have to direct her. She starts running a basketball practice with these girls. I mean, they're dribbling between her legs. She's doing all these drills with them. I mean, the most professional, courteous, with it thing I think I have ever seen. And I mean, these little girls loved her. It was, it was awesome. And genuinely she loved being there with those girls. I mean, totally in her element. Well, yeah, that's a hard thing to fake. You can't fake something like that. It's, it's genuine or it's transparent. I was very proud for her and proud for the bank for her Mm. to be representing us. I mean, Bailey, I know I can't even imagine what it's like to be 19 years old and have somebody managing a schedule for you. Um, I mean, that's completely different than the college experience that I had. I'm just curious, what does a typical day look like for you? What's your schedule? When do you go to bed? When do you get up? In the season, it's a little different than it was now. My first semester, I had an 8 a.m. class, so I was waking up at like 7, going to class for two and a half hours, and I would go to practice for three to four hours, and then I would come home, and then I would do homework for two hours-ish, and then I would go to sleep at like 10.30. But, you know, off season's a little different because we have uh, weights in the morning. So I get up at 6 a.m. I go to weights and then I just kind of get ready in the morning, regroup. And then I go to class for two hours and I go back to practice for another hour. And I just kind of hang out for a little bit, usually talk on the phone with my family. And then, you know, I've been going to bed a lot earlier these days because I've been getting up earlier. So I go to bed at like 10. Dang. You got to have a little bit of fun while you're in college too, Bailey. You do. Yes, you do. You can't be all serious all the time. That's true. Your dad's like listening to this saying, don't tell her that. No, I actually, they actually tell me the same <laughs> thing. They really do. They tell me the same thing. Everybody does because it's true. You, you need time to, you know, live the normal college life because mm-hmm. people always say college is the best four years of your life. And of course, they don't want us to miss out on that. But we don't feel like we are because we're living a different version of the perfect four years of our life. Yeah. And you're surrounded by family exactly. on your teammates with your coaches. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, something fun we like to do every now and then, Bailey, is a lightning round. We just started it this season. Okay, okay, here we go. Favorite professional basketball player growing up? Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant. Post-game splurge? Um, Vanilla cream Dr. Pepper from Sonic. Really? Okay. Occasionally. Occasionally. Not every time? Not every time. (laughs) Okay, best career advice? Stay true to yourself. Don't let people try to change you into something that you're not because... You won't be happy doing it. And, you know, the biggest thing is doing what's best for you and what's best for your people. And, you know, you have to love what you do every day or you shouldn't be doing it. Now, is that from your dad? Maybe a little bit. Yeah. Worst advice you've ever received. Walk it off. 
Sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you don't need to walk it off. Sometimes it's serious and you need to take care of it. Okay. Hey, that's pretty good yes. advice. So favorite inspirational quote? I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm someone that memorizes the quotes, but when I see them, I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. But I don't know. Let me, let me think for a second. This okay. is, this is less fast lightning. <laughs> this is medium lightning. This is medium lightning. I really don't know. That's a good question. What about, I have to think what about, about movie? What a, like sports movie that inspires Favorite you? Favorite movie? Yeah. I don't know. I really like Coach Carter. Mm. Mm. That's, that's a really good sports movie. But you know, every time my mom's from Austin. So every time that we would drive to Austin, my dad would make us watch Lonesome Dove all the way there and all the <laughs> right? way back. Right. So, I mean, that's probably one of my favorites just because I've seen it so many times and it brings back so many good memories. So when, when we had Coach McGuire and his precious wife, Debbie, on the podcast a few weeks ago, they were binge watching Outer Banks. Were you in Outer Banks? I ba did. I you watched did. all of it. And you thought? Oh, I loved it. Not as I'm good a, as Lonesome Dev? <laughs> no, I'm ready for them to come out with more, actually. I hate that they leave me on cliffhangers all the time. I know. Did you like the way the third season ended? Yeah, I did. Yeah. They solved it, you know, they're ready for the next adventure. It was time for some people to go, I gotta say. <laughs> what do you do for fun? When you're not on the court, when you're not training, what do you do for fun? I don't have a whole lot of free time right now, but in, I would say I watch a lot of TV. Not a lot, but when I have free time, if I'm not doing homework, I'm most likely watching TV or Netflix or, you know, pretty much what the typical college student would do. You know, lay around and watch TV and eat snacks. I mean, I love that, that I get to, you know, have a day where I can just do nothing. And recharge. Recharge. That's that's a great word, yes. And watch Outer Banks. Yes. <laughs> of course. It all comes back around. Run some Devry runs. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not watching that anymore. <laughs> I, I, I could probably quote every line of the movie for you. Okay, let's hear one. Huh. <laughs> I could, but I'm not going to. Okay. Okay. In all seriousness, I know that you are involved with an organization that's really important to you called I Am Second that seeks to create resources for individuals who are suffering from addiction, pornography, mental health issues, cancer, divorce, grief, trauma. That's just to name a few. Um, they primarily use, primarily use video content to tell stories of athletes and celebrities and others who, when they decided to put Jesus first, were able to find freedom from that bondage. So how did you become involved in this organization? Actually, my grandmother was the very first person to ever tell me about it. Her best friend is one of the co-founders. So, you know, ever since I can remember, I've had this I Am Second bracelet on, you know, and every single picture you've ever seen of me that's not on the basketball court, I'm wearing it. And I've put so much of my life into it and lived by the values that they hold up. You know, I even I even got it tattooed on my arm because every time I look down, I want to see that and remember that I am second and there's nothing too big or too small that God couldn't handle for me. That's opened so many doors for me and showed me so many different things and allowed me to meet so many different cool people. And I can't wait to keep working with them. You know, it's been really fun. So how can people learn, listening, learn more about I am second and how to get involved? Um, you can go to IamSecond.com. You can watch the white chair films. They have everything from professional artists to professional athletes to just normal people, you know. Their stories are impactful and motivational, and they will change your viewpoint on some things. It's always good to listen to other people's stories and see, see what they've been through and see how they've overcome it and where they're at now. So we talked about that um 
experience that I had with you a few months ago where you helped with that video. I know that you um, mentioned that you do lead a basketball camp for young kids in Groover during the summer, or you have in the past. So why do you think it's important to mentor young athletes in that way? Because I was that, that young girl, that young kid once, and I looked up to so many people, so many professional athletes that I'd never get to meet. And, you know, that's something that I wish I hadn't have done. I wish I would have looked up to someone who was there and maybe not a professional athlete, but a collegiate athlete to be able to be around those kids. They bring me so much joy. I think it's so much fun working with them and just knowing that they can look up to me. They don't have to look up to someone who they're never going to meet or they're never going to know on a personal level. Just being able to give them a piece of what I have here and make them a little bit hungry to keep pursuing their dreams. I wouldn't change any of that for the world. So what would you tell um, parents of young kids, young athletes, and maybe not even athletes, but just parents of children who have a passion for something, whether that may be the arts like Jared and I were more involved in or sports? Um, What advice do you have for them? What's the best way for them to support their child through that? Be present, be loving, be inspirational be someone that they want to be like, live your life how you would want your child to live their life. Like my parents, for example, they love God. They love their kids. They love their hometown, our family. We're just very close. And I would say lots of people don't have great relationships with their parents. And that's because, you know, maybe lack of support or other things like that. But the biggest thing to me is my family and my siblings and my parents and my grandparents have made everything possible. So I would say just to the parents out there that have kids wanting to do things, support them, be there for them, tell them it's possible because they look up to you more than you'll ever know. What do you wanna say to the Texas Tech community that's embraced you over the past year? Thank you. There's not enough words to say thank you to all the people that have supported us, donated, come to all the games. I mean, from the beginning of the season to the end of the season, it's amazing to see the crowd and how many people have decided to come and, you know, buy season tickets. I don't think there will ever be the right words to say thank you to the Texas Tech community. What do you want your legacy to be at Texas Tech? How do you want your coaches, teammates, fans to remember Bailey Maupin and her time at Texas Tech? As someone who was a part of the family, someone who loved being there and embodied the foundations that we have as as athletes at Texas Tech, you know. I want them to remember me as someone fun, but at the same time, someone who is very dedicated to their craft and getting better at it. But most of all, I just want them to know how much I care about this university and how much it means to me that they care about me and how they'll always have me and I'll always have their back. So Bailey, on this podcast, we're talking to people about their big dreams is, I believe this is your big dream, your childhood big dream. What is your big dream moving forward when you're looking 10, 20 years down the road? That's something that's kind of hard to think about as a college athlete, because you never want your sport to end. You never want the ball to stop bouncing. But in reality, it's going to at some point. And, you know, for me, after college, I'm planning on getting my degree, my real estate license, you know, hopefully staying somewhere close to Lubbock or somewhere in West Texas and just using a platform that I've created for myself in high school and in college to be someone in the workplace who cares about the people that live here. And I don't know, it's, it's hard to think about life after basketball because that's all I've known for so long. But I know that God and my family and my friends will help me figure out what I'm supposed to do. And, you know, 
maybe that's not right after college. Maybe maybe I'll take a little trip somewhere, have some free time. Oh, I but, think you deserve it. <laughs> but, you know, just being successful in the workplace, wherever that is, whatever I decide to do. So where's that trip? Where's that dream trip? I don't know. Maybe Italy. Oh, Ooh. yeah. I mean, we went to Greece this uh, this past summer with the basketball team. And I don't know. I really liked overseas. It's fun. Well, if you get when when you get through and your time at tech comes to an end come call us at first united bank we'd love to find a job for you (laughs) i will i will this that's the great thing about basketball and college athletics is you meet all these people that that can help you in the future that you can call on if you need something and i think that's really special bailey you are something special and certainly something to be um, prized here in West Texas. So I know you're so busy and you have an incredibly full, full schedule. So thank you so much for taking the time to visit with us today. Thank you guys for having me. This was a blast. I'm so glad that, that I finally got to be here. Amy, I can't tell you how impressed I am by these student athletes and, and what they have to go through and what they can pull off and especially Bailey. How do you do that and then come off so impressive? This is not an easy thing to do when you're asking spur of the moment questions like this. And she is so impressive with these things. Is this something that they have to learn how to do? Is this something they're ingrained with? I don't know. You know, I was thinking about that because we had Bryson Williams in here in season two and he was just as impressive. Yeah. I just think that maybe these, these kids are just exceptional. They're exceptional on the court and off the court. Um, but you can tell, I mean, she is very well-spoken, but it comes from a very authentic place. Yes. Yeah. It's not, it's not premedicated. It is, it's coming from her heart and that is very endearing. It just endears you to her. Yeah. That's a, that's a skill set that I don't have, I guess. And that's why it's so impressive yeah, to me. I know. I know. I mean, we totally hit the jackpot. Coach Gerlich did in bringing Bailey to Texas. I mean, she could not be a better representative of Texas mm-hmm. Tech on a national stage and also um, just an incredible representative and an advocate for West Texas. Um, from small town Groover all the way to Lubbock, she truly, everything about her embodies the spirit of West Texas. And I just want to say, I mean, I was getting a little bit choked up when she was talking talking about yep. her family. Um, and to me, as a parent of a um, you know, 14-year-old boy and a 12-year-old right. girl, like, don't you only hope, Jared, that um, Julian and Jude feel that way about you right. as they get older, that they feel like they were supported and loved and, and encouraged mm-hmm. and inspired by their parents throughout their childhood, no matter what their dream would be. Yeah. yeah, it sounds like her parents give very good advice, including step back when needed, you know, and take your time when needed. Uh, something else I found impressive about her is after all these questions there, uh, nothing was self-serving. Even when you asked her what, her what her legacy should be, it was that I was part of the family. With all the acclaim and everything that she has with her following and her, her fans and everything else, that's an impressive skill set yes. or a, a thing to push off to the side and say, it's not about me. I'm part of the family that's doing this, you know, right. that's, especially that age. Well, I think it's rare to find a 19 year old um, especially that's playing at this level, playing yep. sports at this level that is humble mm-hmm. um, and truly grateful for the opportunity that they've had. And I mean, I think a lesson in humility is something that we can all 
um, certainly benefit from. Even when yeah. she talked about having to take a step back because of the injury back in January, you know, um, she learned from it and yeah. she was able to get a different perspective on her team from what she had playing alongside them on the court. And I that maybe was my favorite part of the yep. interview, hearing her talk about that. I agree. I have to say, Wiley and Julie, I know you're listening to this um, at some point. Well done. Job well done on an incredible young lady, raising an incredible young lady. Yeah, write a book and... Uh, exactly, and, I'll buy it. Yeah. And then we'll have you both on the podcast, on there, the Taylor Graces podcast. Next season? Season 12. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. This one was fun. That was a fun episode. We'll, uh, we'll catch you next time. 